0: have very strong feelings about rim jobs I mean it's possible some people do I guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I think when you do that definitely is a way of life
0: all right hello and welcome to another edition of the Pete cast this time we have a writer a man about town possibly the dude who knocked up Britney Spears sister it's Corbs. How are you, man?
1: I'm good. How you doing? Eh,
0: you know, I have no major complaints at the moment. But if I think of any, though, I'll I'll let you know. I'll share them. Um. So before we before we started, we were we we're hanging out, shooting the poop, and uh, you know, we found out that you're like a couple drinks in and some wings. Got some wings in a tummy.
1: Yeah, I'm, and I actually uh, I have a glass of wine here next to me too, just in case. Excellent. So that's that's what's happening.
0: I think, you know, I think that's the way to do the Pete cast in general.
1: As, uh, as drunk as humanly possible.
0: Exactly. As soon as truth comes out, comes out then. I think.
1: In vino veritas.
0: There you go. Oh, my God. Latin and everything. Um, so, yeah. And also, I was up late last night watching uh, House of Cards because I only recently started watching it and addictive personality and stuff. You know how it would be. Um, so both of us are a little bit off our game. So we're going to warn our, our many hundreds of thousands of listeners that, you know, this may not be us at our best. I mean, you're still going to fall in love with us and maybe want to stalk us a little bit, but this is not really us at our best. If we're I hope.
1: I've never had a stalker, so that'd be, that'd be new.
0: I had one. I was disappointed. <laughs> <You were>
1: disappointed.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think, oh. I think she'd been cuter. I've probably been okay with it. Like, look at you hiding in my bushes. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't great.
1: So there's, there's a stalker
0: threshold. Comes. <laughs> you know yourself, it's like the crazy girl threshold too, right? You know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess
1: that's, that's definitely part of it.
0: Yeah, if she's cute enough, then you're like, eh, she ain't that crazy until you hang out with her for a while. And they're like, okay, I see it now. She's going to boil my cat. Great. Um. <laughs> so, t- so, so pronounce for us your last name. We're going to go back to a story we were telling before we started recording because it, it's fascinating and possibly a little bit crazy, so...
1: Yeah, so uh, my last name is Corbineau. Um, mm-hmm. It's Dave Corbineau. and uh, it's it's not a uh, it's not French, like a lot of people think. It's 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 Greek only because my yeah it's it's Greek only because my grandfather said so. He he had a few <laughs> different last names, and uh, I don't know the entire history of my dad's side of the family, but I, I do know he has gone by a few different names. Uh, he passed away when my dad was very young, so. A lot of that history went with him, but, uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun to be second generation of a name in America that has nothing to do with Greek, but, uh, (laughs) I happen to be Greek. So there you go.
0: I mean, even if you got more of the family history, like, wouldn't you be a little, uh, leery of it because, you know, it could be completely made up as well. Like the last Yeah,
1: You know, I I don't know. Uh, I think my father knows more than he wants to tell me.
0: Sure. Um, Sure.
1: And, and that's, that's just fine. Um, Maybe maybe one day in the future, but I'm I'm good right now on on what it is I know. I do know we have like uh we have some some cousins somewhere in Australia, so that's interesting. And I think um I think we have someone else with who shares our last name, but uh, is no longer living, but uh, was never really a part of the family. Not, I'm not really sure on the details, but. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, do you think Grandpa Corbes kind of was on the run from the law, maybe, or like what's your what's your theory?
1: Um, I think it it was it was not so much the law as it was sort of evading uh, the things that come with. Taxes and immigration. I'm, I'm really not 100 percent. But <laughs> I mean, tax- it certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't because you know he was in the witness protection program. That's that's definitely not the reason.
0: Absolutely not the reason. And you know, taxes—they're for suckers anyway. So, um, in our exchanges earlier this week, I guess whatever it was, you mentioned that you had some ideas for topics, which really you know got me off the hook. I was like, phew thank God <laughs> I got nothing nothing son um so you know feel free to lead off let's see where where we go uh
1: you know i just I just threw out a few ideas about um you know how you come up with what it is you want to write about.
0: I can talk always and forever on about writing and you know the wacky ways in which I do it and, and I love hearing other people's wacky writing things
1: so i'm a fan tell me what it is uh you know how how is a seed of 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 idea born in peatland well
0: i mean i i have a theory that you know people talk about having writers block and i do as well but i've i've been thinking about it more lately and for me it's not so much the writing that's blocked it's the receiving of ideas it's the the listening to the universe part so I feel like for me to write, I have to just be open to ideas. I have to be, and I can't even explain how I'm open. It's just like I get in a different kind of mindset where if, like I see a plant on the side road, it just strikes me differently than, I think it involves less rushing around and more listening to, this is gonna sound like hippie-ish, but more listening to what the universe is saying around me. Like I just have to be more of a receiver. Um, and that's when I write better, I think. I mean you know it still takes practice of course and sometimes you have to force it a little bit to uh, get it rolling but for me it's more you know it's more the listening for some reason
1: so do you you just kind of try and be one with the universe and wait for an idea to strike you
0: mostly i, I jot notes down a lot like i'll be um taking a shower and i'll sound like get out you know, when I'm done showering um, and I'm like kind of running through the house, like looking for a notepad and a pen to jot down like these 15 ideas that came to me during the half hour shower because I'm about, like, I like me some showers. Um, oh yeah, me too. So it's just a matter of, you know, and I have so often, like I'll think of an idea at like five in the morning, I'm in bed and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll still remember that at seven. I don't have to, I don't have to write that down. And then it's obviously gone forever. Um, and sometimes I think about those wasted opportunities and wonder like, you know, whether or not it was something just awesome.
1: I have a real solution for that problem and, uh, it sounds silly, but if you can, if you can get yourself to do it, it works great. Uh, if I wake up in the middle of the night with an idea, I actually, I actually yell at Siri. I tell her what <laughs> I want her to write down. And it works, works surprisingly well. And even if Siri doesn't get like 100% of what it is I actually you know, you know, mumble to her at 3 in the morning, it's usually enough so that in the morning I will look at it and I will remember that idea. And that is more important than actually getting an idea down.
0: That is brilliant. I mean, I have an Android phone, but I'm sure I could use that Samsung thingy to do the same. That's pretty cool
1: yeah I, definitely I mean, if you have voice recognition on your phone i highly recommend you you know you're never gonna text it out you never have a pen ready but your mouth it's always there
0: i for for um for a while i don't know why i stopped i just keep a a, a pad of post-its and a pen next to my bed and yeah. <laughs> and recently i actually got up for a drink of water and wrote down something i'd been thinking and then i read it the next morning and i i, I hesitate to say it i'd say i, said I I emailed to a friend the next day, and she like, did a spit take. But, but for some reason, I wrote down, it's not just a rim job. It's a rim way of life. And I, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it means. Well, I mean, I, you know. Um, so I haven't written anything down since then in the middle of the night for fear of writing something like that down again. And between you what? and me, I'm probably not going to use that anywhere, except in this podcast.
1: It may be like, uh, you know, if you're writing dialogue for a character, you may have just, you know, picked the the best line you could ever say, right? there. (laughs)
0: That is true. And I'm working on a novel, so maybe uh, one of my characters will have very strong feelings about rim jobs. I mean, it's possible. Some people do, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I think when you do, that definitely is a way of life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So other than, than Siri doing most of your work for you, what, like, how do you... I mean, come up with ideas and uh, grow the ideas. Like, what's your what's your process? I suppose.
1: I, I mean, uh, it's sort of like it's sort of random, to be perfectly honest. But but there are things I do to capture the ideas when they come to me, and that's that for me is. Ideas always run around my head. Nothing's always great, but when I feel like I have something good, I I want to make sure I don't forget it. So, so a lot of things I do are focused on capturing it and then holding it for later. Uh, so I actually have a huge whiteboard in my apartment, and I write anything and everything on that thing. Like, I'll get out of the shower. Instead of trying to find a pen and a piece of paper, I will just write on the whiteboard. And then with grace, there, sets, I can look at it, and I sleep on it, wake up in the morning, and I look at it, and, and I can just look at the ideas that are forming on my whiteboard. And then usually I can figure out like after an incubation period, what I think Mm -hmm. sticks or what I think is worth it. And then once the wipe is full, I take a photograph of it because no idea is a bad idea. You never really know. And then I wipe it down and then we move on. So, uh, that's kind of one of the ways I capture ideas. Another way is, is like I said, with Siri, I use the notes app on my iPhone constantly. Um, but, uh, that's really it. It's, it's not, it's not too special. Um, I'm just making sure I get.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I really like the whiteboard idea. I I do. You know, I jot down, and but I do. I just use like a a regular lined pad of paper, eight and a half by eleven. But then I end up with like two or three of those full, and and it's not all one idea in each pad. Like you'll like three pages in, i will you know turn to some kind of like erotica thing, and then it'll be like. A Western it's just you know so it's not the best organized like but it does force me to go back and read through my notes every once in a while which I think can spur like new ideas based on the old ideas sometimes or uh, occasionally for me like I'll have like half an idea and then I'll leave it I'll put it aside because I don't like to force it you know because then you turn out shitty stuff usually Um, And then I'll write other stuff, you know, millions of notes, and all of a sudden I'll realize that these various ideas, like, can be combined into one super idea. And that's nice. Yeah, I only find that. And that's not always the case. Sometimes they're just shit individually and collectively. Um, But it's nice when they do, you know, come together. And I find for me, I can only find that out when I go back and reread my notes, like just randomly on a Tuesday, just like when I'm annoyed that I'm not coming up with anything new, I'll just like, you know, kind of flip back through the pages and inspire myself, which is pretty.
1: I think I like that. I like what you said, inspire yourself. I think a lot of times uh, we have an idea. You write it down. You think mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing ever because, you know, you just had an idea. You made out with it. But now mm-hmm. it's the time. You know, it's not necessarily the right time to show off your girlfriend. So I think it's 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 good that you let it sit and sort of you know mature in 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 a, in a paper, and then you come back to it. And if it strikes you as something meaningful yet again, uh, then you know you have something.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I also, I mean, that's my main thing: um, being open, to ideas, jotting the ideas, letting them, you know, ferment. I guess. But other times I will, and, and this is mostly blog related rather than just general writing, but sometimes I'll feel like, oh my God, I haven't put anything new on my blog in five or six days. And in my head, there's like thousands of people really let down by that. Like hundreds of thousands, like they're getting ready to storm my house. If I don't write something soon, I put odd pressure on myself about my blog. I don't know why, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's a kick in the ass to, to do stuff. Um, so, and then I'll say, okay, I have to write something today. I don't care what it is. I have to write something for my blog. So, I'll like block out hour and a half, hour and a half and sit down and just write um, whatever pops in my head. And sometimes it goes better than other times. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it's, it's crap. Um, but I also occasionally, and you know, people may say more than occasionally, but sometimes I'll post something I'm not completely in love with. Because having it at the top of my blog will piss me off so much that I'll write something better to the next day to knock it down a peg. So it's not the top one. I have weird, I have weird like, um, games I play with myself to make... Oh, that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> weird little uh, things I do to kick myself in the ass. And I'm not very bendy, so that wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, just diff- different little emotional... Warfare things I use on myself to get me to write more.
1: That's interesting. I I, uh,
0: totally weird. You can say it's fine.
1: No, no, no. I I like the idea that you're compelled to write for an audience. I think um, on another level, you should always just write for yourself.
0: Um, I I, yeah. I
1: don't.
0: I mean, I totally agree with that. Um, But I should I should explain that that I don't write what i write i mean what i write and how i write it i'm not trying to appeal to them i just want to have something up there i feel like i owe them something and i'm letting down the team if i don't put up a post for you know if it, i can go two or three days well actually about a third day i'm getting pretty antsy you know i feel like you know I'm getting, i have a job and i'm not doing it of course it doesn't pay very well and there's no real perks to it but <laughs> this is his job nonetheless you know
1: how many uh do you have, you have numbers on your site? Do you keep track? Do you see them dip when you don't blog? Uh,
0: I don't really keep track.
1: So uh, it's just a fake number in your head that exactly. compels you?
0: It's, it's fake faces. It's a fake audience. It's a fake group of judges just like looking at me with unfeeling eyes and just and cleavage for some reason because it just makes me happier. Um, this, is,
1: this is the populace you, you want to enjoy and yeah. you want to uh, entertain. Yeah, and then, and then I'm, I'm feeling concerned. large cleavaged individuals <laughs> basically
0: um, and then I want him to read it and lavish me with praise and cleavage <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's my inspiration that's why I write
1: we learned a lot about Pete today guys
0: <laughs> <laughs> when, when I did the Pete cast with Maxie she basically said uh, you know you're obsessed with women and everything you do is kind of like are, you know related to women in some way I'm like hmm that is horribly accurate thank you thank you for shaking up my life that's great that's great if you <laughs> damn you Max that's,
1: that is a very uh, accurate observation
0: yeah that was way too astute I did not like it I don't like <laughs> things being pointed out about me it's fine when I do it to others but dude don't turn that shit around at me come on I'm the host god damn grow- yeah right
1: yeah. well you know you're simultaneously the focus of attention and scorn <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like having a girlfriend I guess um, yeah, <laughs> that went, that went poorly. I'm sure. Um, that, that won't go over well with anybody except you and I, that's fine. though.
1: That's fine. And this is, this is, this is our show. Yeah. So you yeah.
0: can... that's one thing I like about this. Like we're recording it. When people listen, they can argue if they want, but they can't like interrupt us. You know what I mean? They can't like dub their voice into it or anything. Well, I suppose they could. That'd be weird.
1: Um, it's like the, the fixed version. Yeah. A separate blog. This
0: is it. This is at work. You know, this is the everything here, and you people just have to like put up with what we say. Damn it. Um, I have other weird writing quirks that I'm trying to think of now. Because once in a while, I'll get into a conversation with a, another writer friend, and I'll like in 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 the discussion, like I'll realize things weird shit that I do that I didn't realize I did, and if I did have an inkling that I did, I didn't really realize it was weird. Um yeah I mean
1: so that becomes a source of inspiration do you want to write about yourself sometimes
0: sometimes um, I mean I go through phases of my blog I've had my blog forever like like basically since 1999 and this current
1: um, I see inc- that here on, on the page here I yeah. you up.
0: this current incarnation of it is uh, 2005 I think and I have like 1350 posts or something ridiculous um so i mean it's definitely cyclical like for a while i'll write nothing but fiction then i'll say i'm done with that shit for a while and i'll write other stuff and and for you know one year i think i wrote nothing but poetry at one point so it's just you know you can go back on my blog and see some weird shit and everyone should like once a week or so
1: that's kind of great um yeah I, I really can't say the same for, for my own personal side I, I try and use it as a portfolio mm-hmm. for the stuff i do um but uh like every time it goes through a new in- incarnation I take stuff down. So you can't really like turn the timeline back and take a look at what Dave wrote like six years ago, because I don't want you to read that. It's it's <laughs> terrible. I um,
0: Yeah, some of my early stuff is yeah, I hear you. it's pretty bad.
1: I I think I think as I get older I become more comfortable with the stuff that i put up there. Not that I'm really that old or anything but uh definitely stuff i wrote in my teens does not hold up like stuff i wrote in the last couple of years so
0: no so, i and i think we just get you know the more we write the better we get at it you know and and i think we get better at harnessing the inspiration We get better like corralling it into you know what it should be not just some half-assed version of what it could be know i think we get better at making use of the ideas the writing ideas
1: i wonder if part of it is also learning to be uh more honest yourself and understanding um maybe what you want to write about is different than what you're good at writing about
0: oh i think definitely I, i agree with that completely i've i've i think again i'm gonna like compare it to um dating women and stuff but i think for me it is it, thanks maxie um for me like again if if i'm not talking about writing i like talking about relationships for some reason or sports but that's not really tying into my point right now um i feel like as as i got gotten as i've gotten older um i realized that sometimes the women you're attracted to the most like you have a type that really like pulls you in oftentimes can be just the worst possible type for you that like bring out like the worst version of you that the relationship goes shitty I think as you get older you start to get to the point where you can appreciate these women for me it was like I used to love um, women who were like a force of nature who were just like messy and like creative and just you know you know, you think to be wild in bed. Basically, if we're going to be completely honest, that's you know what the male brain All thinks. Right. What the male brain usually thinks when he meets women like that. But uh, I've found out that I'm much better suited to women who are, you know, stable. And
1: <laughs> so you've gone from like a Jackson Pollock to like a Bob Ross.
0: Oh, happy little trees everywhere. Happy little accidents. Little tree living here. Yeah, I I friggin love Bob Ross. Mostly the show more than the paintings. But um. Yeah, so you know, I've I've come to terms with the fact that while I can appreciate like the the creative types, the writer types, of women, that I'm probably best suited with like the kindergarten teacher. So, um,
1: <laughs> sounds like a title for a really <laughs> dirty book.
0: <laughs> I'll probably write it at some point. Um, so yeah, I forgot what my point was about the writing, but it was basically a parallel to that.
1: Oh yeah. Learning, learning what it is that you need and not what you want. Kind of.
0: Or what you like to write and what you're good at writing. The difference. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Certainly there's, there's writing that's self-indulgent and there's writing that's good writing. And, uh, I feel like separating the two is important.
0: I feel like I've spent lots of time doing both. Um, (laughs) I think you got to, I think you got to write shitty before you can figure out what shitty writing is.
1: Oh yeah. I had, um, yeah, I was fortunate when I when I was in uh, college. that We had a uh, a published author, novelist. She she was our writer in residence at Fordham, and uh, she she told us like what it is you have to do to actually write something that's good. And you start with the shitty first draft, and that's what everyone calls it. It's the shitty first draft, and then and then you move on to first revision, and then there's. The dental draft, which is like you go in there and you clean out your teeth, you clean out the writing, and you really get to the heart of what it is you're trying to say. And then after the dental draft is is when you can you put it on display, and that's that's when it's ready to be published. So it's usually about you know three revisions before you you can really hone that chunk of wood into a beautiful sculpture. I, mean,
0: I feel like that's a really good way of describing it too, like the, especially the dental version that's but here's my problem with that. I'm well I agree with it and I think it's you know right for most people. I and I wish I did but I hate rewriting my own stuff. Like I hate revising. I hate like sometimes, you know, there'll be just a section that really should be taken out, but I'm so in love with one of the phrases I used in it or a line of dialogue or something. Yeah that, like, it caused me physical pain to have to remove it. Um. So I'm you terrible. At, See, at that's level.
1: that's uh. You know, I have I have drafts that are filled with stuff like that. You know, but usually what I do is actually I do this for your site when I write something is uh I I will I will you know I have the draft and it's a total mess and I do it in this application called Write Room and uh, it it's literally just a cursor that blinks and takes up <sighs> the whole screen and you can make it look like whatever you want. Um. So I have it like it looks like Matrix. It's just Black, <laughs> black screen and uh, green font. And I'll just bang it out there. There's no spell check. There's no grammar check. There's no clippy. There's no wiggly lines under anything. There's nothing to distract you from the writing. Get all that down. And then I go through it. And then, uh, you know, I make minor changes. Then I dump it into, like, a legitimate word processor. And that's that's where you start mercilessly hacking away at what it is you wrote. And then you don't feel so bad because you still have that draft with all your wonderful you know, self-indulgent pros that you don't want to delete. And it'll stay there. It'll stay in that file because you just made a new one. And then once that file is, you know, tweaked up, then you can put it up on the site and then, then you can feel good about it.
0: I mean, I think that's a really good way to do it. And someday I'll probably learn how to do
1: that. <laughs> so many, I, I'm most... Do you do everything in one window? You're a one window
0: guy? Is that I'm, what you a do? Wind, I'm a one window guy. I'm like 80% of the time a first draft guy. I don't even like to rewrite my own shit. Like especially blog posts. Oh, if I'm not getting paid for it or something, then <laughs> oftentimes what you see in my blog was just a stream of consciousness that, uh, that came out in that form. Because I, if I'm writing like fiction, I've tried to explain this before and I never do a good job, but how I write fiction is I see a movie playing in my head and I transcribe what I see. If okay. That, if that makes any sense. Which might yeah. ex- might explain why I, I love writing dialogue so much because like what I'm seeing and I'm hearing them talk I'm like, well, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And I'm just like, I'm just like this, you know, the court stenographer. Such a work? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, for the, for the thing. It's just, I see it in my head. I see it playing. Um, and it's my, you know, it's my, you know, obviously my imagination that's doing it. But I'm almost like a bystander. It's it's really weird. I can't, I don't know how it started or where it comes from. But well,
1: if we're gonna use the it. movie metaphor, you know, if we're using the movie metaphor, maybe maybe you want to pretend that when you're reading it, you're viewing a rough rough cut of a film. You know, and you're a ruthless director. You're you know, Coppola for your writing, you know, Ooh. just hack away at it. I Pretend like that. that you are the master of this, uh, celluloid that you call words.
0: Hmm. That's a good way of looking at it. I'm also not good <laughs> at, no, that's true. No, I, I, I can see that because, you know, um, obviously like movies do go th- through some serious editing as they should. And as they need to, and some, many movies released need more editing. um, but yeah, I, I can, you know, this is my problem that I've had sometimes is I've tried to edit it as I was writing it. And that really doesn't go well for me. It just totally, I get bogged down. I start like overanalyzing every single thing and not just like letting it pour, letting it flow. Um, so I gotta be careful about doing that, but I'd really definitely have to be better at that. The editing part.
1: Let me, let me ask you something do you, do you have when you get when you go to sit down to write something do you have an end in sight or do you just stop writing when you feel like you're done
0: um I frequently uh have the ending first and then good have to, yeah have get that's there. what I do is that right? yeah. I, I find that so much more it's easier for me and and, and it's more satisfying I think because I, I see the, the the uh you know the goal line we'll jump to sports now for our metaphors um <laughs> and and i just want to get there in the most pleasing way way possible uh so it's, it's but not in other time it all depends but i'd say like 80% of the time i have the ending in sight you know and and i know you know basically what i want to do to get there and sometimes just the fun little side trips that makes it you know special and makes good. it fun
1: i like that yeah i i i definitely agree with you on that um i i i found that anything i've ever written that did not have an end in sight um never ended and was never good anyway (laughs) so uh definitely the biggest change i've made in the last couple years is is focusing on on an ending uh before i even write the first word so that's that's definitely helpful
0: yeah i agree now how are you with getting like do you let some ever let someone else edit your stuff or or how do you feel about I mean, guess feedback in general. Um,
1: so, um, how takes your my girlfriend, my girlfriend is pretty ruthless. Uh, oh. she, she's, uh, pretty good at that and she'll just call me out. She has no shame, uh, <laughs> no, no problem hurting my feelings. Um, and, and she's, she's pretty fantastic at that. Um, but, uh, I've, I've been better with sending her things that are, are almost finished product. And, and the flip side is that she loves it, and that makes me feel really great about it. But uh, <laughs> most most of my uh, folks, friends, and family read my stuff, and uh, they're usually like really impressed with it. And I'm not really sure if they're actually impressed with it, or just impressed because it's you know me, or if, if they're actually you know um, surprised that I, I can I can write something <laughs> that is meaningful. Um, for the most part though, I, I think it doesn't really matter um how you write or what you write about as long as you get your point across and I think that's really what writing is about, is is conveying a particular point. Um not not that it you know, not that a novel doesn't have a point or, or, or something like that, but uh, uh I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll have another sip of wine here. Hold on.
0: That's uh, fine. Um, I don't think I could have a girlfriend at slash editor who would be harsh. I mean, it may be. I think it might force me to like really buckle down and only show them like the the almost final draft. Like there wouldn't be any first draft sharing if they were gonna like hurt my feelings about it. Also, it wouldn't. I don't think the relationship would last very long. So I don't think. <laughs> criticism very well in general like as a concept I, it's not going to go well I'm like yeah well you your cooking sh- fucking sucks you like that <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God dude well you know i mean i guess i guess what's your end goal i mean are are you writing cuz you want fans or you writing cuz you want to you want to write something good you know i mean i'd rather get you know whipped over over a sentence and at least make that sentence kick ass than than uh feel like i just have a psychophantic girlfriend who will like it because i pooped it out you know yeah
0: no i get that too um i write i don't know it, it changes why I write. I think for the most part, I write because the stories are there and they want to come out. Um, but, I mean, some days, like obviously I wrote like almost nothing of poetry for a year in my blog, so clearly I wasn't trying to find too much of an audience or really be successful that year.
1: It's really hard to, to make poetry uh, accessible, especially if you're Joe Schmo. I,
0: I mean, I think that was part of why I started doing it. Like, cause I always found poetry was kind of for other people both to read and to write. And I thought, yeah. I wonder if like, I, cause I find like most of my writing is very, you know, um, the common man kind of thing. I'm not like trying to impress anybody too much with really fancy, colorful wordplay. Although sometimes I go through phases where I try to be pretty, um, but take out the source <laughs> or I just like, yeah, sometimes. And <laughs> Okay. Not too often, though. It's it's very it's not very very often for me to use one. It's just I'll hear a word I really like the sound of, like it, it like it sounds like music to me, and then I've put it in the back of my head, and I know I'll use it someday in something I write. Like I, I like I like the way words sound.
1: What's your favorite word?
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Did one of us just get booted? No, I'm here. Okay. Oh, it was, it was Nico talking to me, typing to me. He either called me charming or told me my favorite word is charming. Hmm, either way. I do like the word charming. And I do like the word cadence, both for what it is and what it sounds like.
1: It does kind of have a cadence. The word it does.
0: Cadence. It does. Uh, I used to have a favorite word. Now uh, I can't remember. It. It, it's going to piss me off. Um... I have, I have What's a good Yeah.
1: I, I like, yeah, we did this in a class and, and I'll never forget it because it, it's fun to say. Uh, I like the word opulent. Oh, it's good. It,
0: it sounds like what it means and so not like that. It
1: does, right? Yeah, it's yeah. another
0: one of those. Like some words don't sound like what they mean. Like lettuce. What the fuck's lettuce? I don't know what lettuce Oh, is.
1: lettuce sounds disappointing and lettuce kind of is Is It disappointing. is disappointing. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> like, ah, fuck lettuce. I can't even, don't even <laughs> start it on lettuce. It's
1: pissed. it's. It's weird that we collectively of humanity has agreed that lettuce can be eaten, but only after you have adorned it with many, many things. It's and just, we're okay with
0: that. It's, it's like the, you're ingesting dampness. It's just, oh, uh, lettuce. Why? Come on. Who are you fooling? Lettuce.
1: You know, you're, you're, your colon's happy, but none of the rest of you is.
0: That's true. Eh, I don't know how happy that guy is. I haven't asked him, but, you know, Lettuce.
1: You um, haven't asked him? Doesn't he talk to you at least once or twice a day?
0: <laughs> hey, he does his thing. I do my right thing. You we know, a- <laughs> try, try to come into
1: conflict with each other.
0: Exactly. I'm like writing things in my head while he's doing his business. <laughs> um, so yeah, back to like how I'd dump a girlfriend pretty quickly if she was like critiquing my stuff. <laughs> I, 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 you know, in addition to editing my own stuff, I have to also get better at at taking criticism less personally and like not wanting to go to war with someone for saying something
1: yeah you know pete, pete have you ever have you ever taken like a writing class with like you know your peers and they judge you like in i real
0: have time no peers uh no no I was, a, <laughs> I was a marketing major man i just kind of like started writing on a whim
1: oh i see okay yeah, yeah. um I did a lot of workshops in in school, and that was was like cutting your teeth, because, you know, you'd have a story due by a date, and you would have to print a copy for everybody in the class and distribute it, and the very next day, after everyone read it, you would just basically sit there and hear every single person in the class tell you what they thought about it and and critique it, and... uh, and you Yeah, I had I had one girl one time just straight up tell me that she didn't get it, she didn't like it and she thought it was terrible. And that that was I was, you know I was glad I heard that. That was important because a lot of people did like it, but uh I wanted to hear why you wouldn't like it, you know, cuz that's 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 how you grow. You know, you don't you don't grow from praise. You just grow an ego, you know. And that that doesn't get you anywhere. Did you want to burn her
0: house at all or
1: we we had uh him and uh, her, excuse me her and i had had some contention because i i kind of uh she wrote something that i thought went nowhere and it kind of called her out on it and then i think she felt upset she about that yeah. so she kind of called me out on my story but but uh i think i had more supporters on my story than she did on hers you know
0: yeah i think she's she i don't know i think she sucks <laughs> if you're listening chick you suck you're lettuce. You're like writing lettuce. That's what you are. Damn it. Let,
1: let, <laughs> writing lettuce. <laughs> so I'm Imagine right. a fountain pen getting, you know, just with a nib of lettuce <laughs> flopping around on a piece of paper.
0: Ugh, lettuce. Um, so, yeah, my problem in that setting would be that, you know, I would like, Not quietly. (laughs) I don't think I too much Irish in me to really put up with that.
1: Well, I mean, you don't have to shut up. The the point was that you have a dialogue with your readership and you get to do it right then and there. And I mean you know, I don't, I don't know where you live if there's like a local college around somewhere, but I often think about just taking a class, a writing class again and, and being with people who care about writing because it's a great feeling. I mean, you should check it out if you can.
0: I've thought about taking a writing class, but now you're making me not want to because I feel like they found me throwing chairs at the people who are reviewing my work. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that would be like... Yeah, shot, you do really take right.
1: your work so personally because maybe maybe <laughs> we're learning something here. I mean, I mean I, essentially, if it's so personal to you that you can't handle the criticism, why are you publishing it?
0: I'm a riddle wrapped in a mystery wearing guest jeans, basically, um, covered in secret sauce. Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I want to impress girls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, So your motivation at the end of the day is
0: to make women happy? I want, I want girls to like my writing and think I'm nifty. Um, I don't know. I just... I don't know if I'd really react that badly in that setting. If it was, like, you know, if I was going to get my turn to, to read their shit. I don't really like reading other people's stuff, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it so, like,
1: says the man who, who runs a site <laughs> about other people writing.
0: I like, I like the people on the site. It all sucks. Um... <laughs> way fuck that guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a like walking contradiction in, in a million different ways on a million different topics and levels. So I mean, I can't really figure me out. Um, but
1: maybe, maybe you can do that through writing. Maybe that would be like the best writing you've ever done is writing to understand yourself.
0: Well, I feel like every fiction piece I write, like the dude, is always me.
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like.
0: I think that's, I think that's a fairly common, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just common for me. Um, But I I get asked frequently like who the women are and you know, it's always an interesting topic and I always say it's either someone I dated, someone I wanted to date uh, but didn't date, someone I'm interested in now, someone I was interested in before, someone made up, uh, someone on TV or my ideal woman or you know, so I just give them a laundry list of possibilities but I don't ever like to really discuss like how the sausage was made, you know? Interesting. Um, I don't really just write to impress women. I just like saying that because it amuses me. Um, I write because I love, like one of the best feelings in the world, other than women, is when you nail a sentence and you know that people are going to get it, they're going to read it and go like, yes, universal truth It's going to, People are going to read it and think that that's absolutely the perfect way to describe that feeling or that thing you're looking at or you know, that salad, you know what I mean? If, the, you know, and when you stop typing, you look back at it and you're like, there's no fucking way I would change a single like letter in that that is perfect. And I love that feeling. I think that feeling is it's rare, obviously, when you really, really land something. I mean, you can land stuff like pretty frequently, like where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm proud of that. But when you land one, like when you smoke it, when you make like really good contact and it's like phew, over the green monster, like when you know you hammered that sucker, that is an amazing feeling. So that that's possibly the reason why I write. I think
1: you write. You write to hit home runs.
0: Yeah, but I'm the only. Uh, I'm the also the umpire, right? I don't really need someone else to say, "Oh, that's like the best thing I've ever read." I just need to know that, like, you know, I nailed it, and that that just I wouldn't change a word. That's that's the that's the feeling. It's the I wouldn't change a word feeling. I think that it's addictive, and it's the rush I'm looking for when I write.
1: You know, I wonder if you wrote a few things and then compiled those sentences that you really felt like knocked what it was you're trying to say out of the park. But maybe maybe build something from that. That might be interesting.
0: I think, yeah. I think um, some days I think that maybe my blog hurts my writing because I'm just putting out like the first drafts of things and then I'm done with it. I hit publish. and but Although I will say that some of my favorite pieces, like in my, my novella, I used about a year's worth of blog posts for a lot of the material. And I was writing the novella all along. I just didn't know it. I was writing the same characters and all these fiction pieces and it was all tying together and I just didn't see the big picture yet. So I kind of took those out, uh, the blog posts, put them together and I took out, you know, the, the, the lines, the, the paragraphs that I really thought I, I nailed and used them. And I kind of tweaked and fixed the other stuff. So i did I did you know for my novella i did I absolutely did like rewriting and uh oof, I don't know three, four versions of that as well um but yeah i, I sometimes I describe my blog as like my wrote, writing notebook. It's where I'm like jotting stuff down a little more polished than actually like on a pad and paper, but not oftentimes not much more polished. It's just you know, I don't like typos in it that pisses me off, but sometimes the ideas are still pretty rough around the edges. And that's okay. I'm that's happy. interesting. Yeah, I'm. Um, you know, I, I've like my blog has evolved. My view of my blog has evolved. What I use it for has evolved. My voice, I guess, has evolved <clears> to <throat> sound you know cheesy and writery, um, or you know annoying. Um, <laughs> you know, but when you blog for that long, it it you know it's bound to change. It'd be pretty dull if it was the same shit all the time, you know. Um, I've thought about um, like culling, like just you know, only having the best stuff on a blog and using it as a, a portfolio, I guess, like you were, you were mentioning. And um, I don't know. I, I I I think I'd have a hard time picking which ones represent um, what other people would think was the best writing. I think I'd be blinded by like you know the lines that I thought I, I hit home runs on. You know, I don't know if I'd be the best judge of my own shit. Cuz I love it all. It's all
1: fucking awesome. I think I think this is again a, a good good reason to find a uh, a real impartial and harsh critic that you can respect. Cuz you could you could really, you know, you got to prune the garden to make some nice flowers. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: accurate. I agree. I do agree.
1: Um, something something I, I've wanted to talk about, because this is something I like to do, is, uh, is, is creative limitations. Just uh, giving yourself uh, um, a limited amount of resources to produce something. I find I can get really creative when I only have so many things to work with. And uh, this is something that I'm particularly proud of. So this is this is a little bit of a humble brag, which is what people are calling it these days. Um, i humble about my bragging. I just <laughs> I know I don't. don't I think that. the whole phrase is ridiculous. It just is. It, it's bragging.
0: Just it's, brag balls out, man. Don't even, yeah, don't man, even pretend. I know.
1: Uh, well, you know, it's it's what the hipsters are doing, and that's cool, right? Please, skinny um, jeans for fuck's
0: <laughs> Just like the lettuce of clothing. Come on.
1: Yeah, it really is, right? Who can wear skinny jeans except really skinny people? Yeah,
0: we don't like them anyway.
1: But you can't sell fat jeans. No one would buy those. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. I don't remember at all what we were talking about.
1: I was, I was, uh, we were talking about creative limitations. And, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and, yeah. Like, do you, like, take out, like, vowels? You're not allowed to use certain vowels, or?
1: No, no. I, so, I was, I'm, I'm doing, uh, magnetic poetry. And, and, uh, you know, I'll try to build a narrative out of the, uh, the actual, words instead of like building a poem like oh that's great that's a little poem you wrote like four words i'll try and use the entire vocabulary that's afforded to me by the magnets and write a story with it so that really severely limits your vocabulary because you can't like repeat a word you don't want to cheat um so i've done a few of these and i've put them on my website because i'm particularly proud of them um i think they're some of the best things i've ever done personally uh not everyone thinks that but uh You know, they take a long time. They, you know, it's not like I just sat there and rearranged some words. It really takes some effort to figure out how to say what it is you want to say with the words you have available. And then sometimes I think it takes an even bigger leap to say what the story will let you say, even if that's not the story you want to tell. Ooh. Ooh,
0: I like that. I I mean, I could see how. You know, if you could use any words, you'd, there'd be, I don't know, it's less of a challenge to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think I think in huh. some ways, challenge uh, helps breed creativity.
0: Yeah, you really have to lock in, you really have to, you know, use a part of your creativity there that you wouldn't otherwise, when you can just, you know, write an extra thousand words and then just kind of lop, lop out the...
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: That's interesting. I've never really thought about doing that.
1: Um, you know, if, you know, not everyone has magnetic poetry anymore. I have a board with, with a, actually believe it or not, a set that's supposed to be the college version of it, like with college focus words Mm -hmm. that I've built a lot of non-college stories out of. Uh, but, uh, there's actually this great thing called Twitter magnets and it's, it's exactly that. It's magnetic poetry. You load up the site, it's all HTML 5 It's nice. And, uh, and you just, um, it just dumps a whole bunch of words there on the screen for you. And I have a lot of fun just uh, dragging and dropping little magnets and, and trying to come up with something fun and unique. And, you know, the other thing is it forces you to use words that maybe you wouldn't use in your own vocabulary. And that, that kind of creates a uniqueness to whatever it is you're writing.
0: I feel like that would also be really good if you're um, not in tune with the universe and not coming up with new ideas. Sure. Like drop an idea in your lap.
1: It definitely can do that, yeah. yeah. And the and the nice part is about Twitter magnets, which which you can't do with the physical thing. Is that if you feel like you've exhausted what you have there, you can you can go ahead and and just drag the magnets you want to keep down to the bottom, and you just hit refresh, and it pops you full of new magnets that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of sort of like cheating, but it's not quite. <sighs> no. <laughs> um,
0: I-, I thought of something else weird. I do. Yeah. And people have commented, like we have, um, uh, we got so far without mentioning her, but Jen is a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. And she's called me on this, like she calls me on shit in general, but on this, um, I have this thing where, as I mentioned before, like I kind of, you know, I'm a stenographer for uh, what, you know, what I see and what I hear in my head, but I also like to try to write it exactly as it, it sounds, like with the right beats. So my paragraphs are frequently like one sentence long. Like I use the enter key. And mine should be worn out, basically, on my uh, or out on my uh, my laptop because I just I use it so often. Like it's single sentence, it's choppy, but I have to do it because that's how it sounds in my head. Like the the right cadence, right timing. Um, like I want people to read it the way. Like I don't want them to read it their own way. I want them to read it exactly like with the timing with the the where the pauses should be
1: i i i I, uh scrubbed through your latest blog on on the Pete blog and uh i noticed that you did that a lot
0: yeah um man or have to but i like it i like the way it it makes me comfortable which is probably not always a good thing but it, it that way i can it can make it sound the way it's supposed to sound
1: yeah i wonder if that's just you know usually you see something like that and it's used to make a really big effect, or at the very least, really drive home the point that you're leaving out there in the open without any friends. Hmm. Um, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe an editing trick you could do to yourself is figure out how many of those empty sentences, uh, you know, island sentences, need to be there to drive home that point. And maybe that's an opportunity for some creative uh you know restraint to figure out how to write one sentence that kind of combines all those ones that you left floating out there
0: yeah i mean I, for me i don't even think that like i'm using them to drive to drive like i, I mean i know we're supposed to use them to drive points home i think all oh, my points are very important it should be driven home <laughs> um but no i i really it's really like largely for me it's it's the cadence it's
1: so this is like your 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 moment to do you know william Shatner's spoken <laughs> songs
0: it's 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 music it's the music in my head
1: yeah i wonder I wonder if it would if it would help you to read your writing aloud there's some some writers i do that i oh, do that After, okay.
0: I, like I, I write the first draft and then i then i read it kind of i don't read it really loud because i don't feel like an idiot <laughs> but I, like i read it kind of like boobs cleavage um just like but but it's out loud like which is low um it's like out loud but embarrassed you're embarrassed to be doing it um so i do do that just to make sure it sounds but you know, I feel once in a while I'll write something with, like, legit, real big-boy paragraphs. Um, and it, it all depends on what I'm writing about and the pacing of it. I think if something's more deliberately paced, um, it affects how I structure it. And also because it's a blog, I don't feel like I have to follow, like, the rules of the English language and stuff. Screw that.
1: Well, that's that's definitely there. I mean, it's your blog. You can do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and, and frequently my sentences aren't even really sentences. Because, it, like, the cadence part again. <laughs> it can't be longer. It has to be, like...
1: You get that green squiggly. It says fragment.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I ignore that. Um, <laughs> I say, fuck you. Um, but, I mean, you know, if I'm writing something for another purpose of I'm writing something for another, the to, po- to, to submit someplace or to be posted someplace. Um, depending what the place is and how serious I take it. Like I, I, I can, like I don't have to, um, you know, bang on the enter key frequently.
1: So, so let's bring this full circle. You're saying Jen calls you out on this frequently. <sighs> she
0: calls me out on everything frequently. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I made, I, I'm, I'm, commented on one of my blog posts about the fact that I do that, that like every paragraph is a sentence Shatner style. And um, she said, no, really? You do that? You know, you know how she is. You know what that one's like. Um, So yeah, she's kind of hassled me about that a little bit.
1: Well, you know, we all just want you to do your best. And that's kind of like what your fourth grade teacher tells me. But it's (laughs) it's still true. It's still true.
0: No, nah, I think she just likes to be a pain in the ass. Just generally,
1: <laughs> she's
0: bored. She's got time. That's it. All right. She's got nothing but opinions. That one. <laughs> nothing but opinions. No, I mean, you know, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're helpful. I will admit. Oh, fuck, I hate I admitted that publicly. I'm sure. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know if I, want, I don't know if I want to leave that in Nico. I don't know if I want to have to like suffer suffer the pain of her finding that out um you know no so she's good with the tough love for sure and you know it is important i think to have some people i mean i wouldn't you know i did i still don't know how i'd do with a girlfriend giving tough love on on my writing maybe it'd be like maybe i would love it maybe be like the most ideal thing ever like a partnership and maybe you know maybe because you're so for me anyway like when i'm with someone i'm like i'm very open i'm very um, you know, I'm a huge on communicating. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a comfort level. There's a, a safety level that, you know, that you can say what you want and not worry about offending the other person. And so maybe, maybe that's what I need to get over the hump of wanting to burn down the house of anyone who like would critique anything I wrote. Maybe that's the key right there.
1: That's, that is definitely a, a focus point for growth. I would say,
0: <laughs> I don't want to grow, man. I like it. Um, but no, I, yeah, I think that could be interesting. And I like, wh- one thing I like about writing is I don't really feel like anybody can ever like say like, you know, they're a master of it. Even like, you know, the greats, you know, like Dr. Seuss and, you know, whoever, and Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> those two examples that came to mind for some reason.
1: That's a really big uh, difference. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how long that paper would be to compare those two, but it would take a long time to find find a connection there. It'd be and interesting. i think I think your writing style is well adapted to that <laughs> that is that's what you need to do. Uh, I think that's what I should do right now. let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll just end the podcast and you Sorry. get on that six degrees of separation between <laughs> Dr. Seuss and Aaron Sorkin.
0: yeah um but no, what I do. You know, I do love that about writing is that, like, you know. um, And also what I love about blogging is that, like, say today I write a post that I absolutely love. And that I think it's, like, one of the best things I've ever wrote. Like, when I get up tomorrow, like, I got to do it again. You know, there's, like, no rest. Damn you, blog. Make me work.
1: You know, that's interesting. uh, Because I used to... That's interesting what you say about no rest. I definitely think that's important. I, I used to I used to blog for a living. I used to write about uh, enterprise technology. It was a pretty sweet gig. Um, except that, you know, when you're a freelancer you basically have no health insurance.
0: Yeah. I,
1: probably different in Canada, you know. Everything's no. great up there. But no. uh, pretty awesome. Every, you know, you would finish, I would I would work for like 12 hours a day, like nonstop. You wake up, you grind, you get something out, and then you grind, and you get another thing out, and then you grind so that you have something for the morning. And you wake up and nothing you did yesterday matters. It's literally, <laughs> it's literally garbage. It's already, it's it's less than yesterday's news. It's it's just been buried. And it's time to like you know ramp up your writing and get that Google foo out and figure out how to optimize whatever it is you wrote because your job is not so much writing as it is to generate hits. It gets it gets it gets really gets to you. You know, it's like what, what am I? I doing? would think so. Um, I, mean, I I d- think. I think what you're, you know, what you, you know, you get up and you feel like, oh, I wrote something yesterday, but you know, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you, are you saying it's, it's not enough to just have written something yesterday? You got to keep writing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and also like once, and part of it is, is that, that fake, I mean, I know there's a real audience, but that fake audience in my head, it's partly to, to feed them and it's partly just because fuck you I can you know what I mean like I I just want to just want to prove like I mentioned before in one of these that some when I first started like I wanted to win blogging
1: (laughs) I think I think on on a podcast a while back that you were on with Jen you said something like that like like you wanted to win at blogging I did like I wanted
0: like and there was only about five male bloggers at the time so I guess I was competing with women the females as well I, I was just I wanted to beat everybody I just wanted like my blog to be the first one they went to in the morning. my blog, like my post, make all the other posts suck, like by by comparison.
1: So uh, I mean, for you, writing is really less about writing, more about competition of words. It's it's a competition
0: with other people that don't know they're in a competition. It's competition with <laughs> <laughs> with writing something perfectly. It's a competition with um. The other people trying to impress women is a competition with uh, getting the right cadence. It's a competition of or, or the the race of getting all the words down before you forget them.
1: Pete, I think I really think you should take a writing class. I think it would do you a lot of good.
0: I consider it. Um, I, I've, I mean, when I when I was at college, like at one point, like towards the end of, of my illustrious college career, uh, a friend's mom said, um, like why didn't you like study English or something it was obvious to everyone that you should have studied English why didn't you do that I was like um I didn't know it was obvious to anybody why didn't anybody tell me this they're like we thought you knew I was like oh I, <laughs> oh, I, I there's just like pretty girls in marketing I don't know I didn't really give it a lot of thought
1: <laughs> and, and there is the constant string in your life is women there it is we started talking about it and we've we've They've We're done, still talking about it. And then, yeah.
0: Nothing but lead me astray, apparently.
1: <laughs> Goodness. God
0: damn. Um, but you know, it's it's not all competition for me for writing. It's it's I mean, I do love it. I love just like trying to get the right words, trying to use them. Um and it is I mean sometimes it is like stressful, obviously. Like if you if you feel like you're blocked or if you feel like you know you, you want to describe something and you can't do it right. You know what I mean? Like you, you have in your head what it should be, and you just can't quite massage the words. um, To to exactly, I say
1: give up. Give up.
0: Move on to something else.
1: Figure out, yeah, or 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 just put it down. You don't have to give up forever. You could just put it down and move on to something else. Because most of the time, I find the things that I like come to me when I least expect it, and and focusing really hard never has really brought me anything quality. (laughs)
0: My best writing has come when I wasn't writing. Like, one of the best books I ever wrote, I wrote, like, uh, two of them come to mind that I really, really, really like. One I wrote while washing the dishes, and one I wrote in the shower. Like, just wrote it entirely in my head and then got out and typed it.
1: There you
0: go. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't want to make it sound like when I sit down, like I force myself to write something and, you know, because I've have I have big gaps in my blog where I I posted nothing for, you know, months, really. Um, but again, it's all, it's really cyclical for me. It's, you know, whatever's going on, like, and I've realized, like, if I'm in a relationship, it, it seems that I write less because I'm, there's less yearning <laughs> or something. Um,
1: it's unrequited, you know, emotion. yeah.
0: And you know when I'm all happy and in love and stuff, then I just want to go be happy and in love. I don't really have you know, I could write sappy stuff about being happy and in love, but I find less of a drive to write stuff. I'm not, I don't have like strong emotions to get out like the love and the happiness. I I want to keep those in because they're they're nice and snugly. <laughs> but the you know, oh my God, I hope I don't die alone. That one you want to get out so you can share it. You know what I mean? You got to write that shit down. Definitely. So you know, I. Yeah, I, mean, I go back and forth on whether or not I would enjoy a writing class, but having never took one, I'm not really the best judge of whether or not I'd enjoy it. You know,
1: I think I think it's less about enjoying it and more about more about learning from it. If, yeah, but fair, but, fair but enough, if fair you enough. enjoy it, that's even better. We yeah.
0: I mean, don't uh, really like to learn. That's a lot of work.
1: No one um, likes <laughs> antibiotics, but when you're done taking the round of antibiotics, you feel a lot better about it. Not not that your writing is poison and it needs to be cured or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. That's a bad analogy.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my writing basically in general. Um, but I, I mean, for me, I can tell when I'm on and when I'm not on. I mean, I think anybody can, you know, you're either feeling it or you're not, right? Um, you say, you, you, you know, some of your paid blogging stuff, that was like some of that SEO writing and shit. Yeah. So in that business. Do you feel like you learned anything from that that you could take to real writing? Because I don't really consider SEO to be writing, despite the word being in there.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of. Uh, I'm a little
0: not, snobbish about that.
1: For no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, and I actually have a really and good answer. I'm sure, answer. And I'm sure you were, I'm,
0: and I'm sure you were good at it. Don't get me wrong.
1: Well, you yeah, know. I mean, I was getting paid. And we so. yeah, you got to <laughs> pay the bills. No, I get
0: that. I'm not. Uh, I'm, <laughs> You know,
1: like. So there's a few like not everything I wrote was like uh, let's just SEO the shit out of this thing because you know you got to have some opinion in there somewhere and I you know I, I went a lot I went to a lot of events I I interviewed a lot of people I used to have Skype calls like this with like you know so and so from whatever company and you know what are you doing so so there's definitely like building a narrative is important because no one wants to read something that looks like it just you know farted at a BuzzFeed or something <laughs> like that. Um, but, uh, I worked with another guy later in my blogging career, and, uh, that was a focus less on SEO, more on, like, something original, something creative, um, and that really honed, um, driving your point across, getting your point across, and, and, and just sort of kind of condensing what it is you're trying to say into something that's, like, readable and compact and intelligible, and I think, um... I've really, that is definitely one thing I've really loved and learned how to do. And, uh, you know, if, uh, oh, perfect example, um, if I can talk about myself here for a brief moment is, is, uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the story I wrote on, uh, Hooray Collective about the, uh, the fake band that doesn't exist. (laughs) I heard you and Jen got a kick out of that. I was so glad.
0: We enjoyed that. I, I hadn't read it yet that morning because I was busy obsessing over my own writing. Um, so she, she G chatted me as she often does. And, and she was like, still trying to decide whether or not it was a fake band. I think, cause I think she had read it once and she's like, that's either like really good satire or he's talking about some band we don't know about. And she, I think she was just trying to still piece together. So she sent me the link. She said, go read it right now, right now. Um, probably in all caps. Cause that's how she talks to me. <laughs> that's how she lives her life. Um, so I went and I read it and I was like, that, I, I'm not sure what he did, but I think he did it really well. <laughs> so that, that was my first reaction. I was like, I don't think it's real. Let me read that again. It, so I love that we had to read it more than once. I think that was awesome. I think that was, and I love that you did something different because there's like obviously nothing else like that on, on that on that blog anywhere. You can go back in the archives. And I thought that was, you know, I think that's brilliant because I think that for me was the spirit of the hooray collective from the beginning right
1: uh, so i I'm think i always trying to do something different
0: um, yeah i think you seem to fully embrace it like especially with that one post i was like yes see this is just it's well so done weirdness you know
1: pete i hate to break it to you but i've i've done it two other times and i don't think anyone noticed i actually so <laughs> I that's said,
0: either like much either you were much more effective or much less effective those
1: times. yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't know um <laughs> either I, way I, I like that I sent them to Jen. She, she she was she just said you know well done. Um, but uh, I think they went for the most part unnoticed. I did I did a fake book review and I did a fake obituary. And um, I remember the obituary that was fake. Yeah, well, I mean, it talked about the year twenty sixty whatever in astrophysics. I mean, so I'm not sure how it couldn't be oh. fake. Oh, yeah, I,
0: yeah, that one didn't land for me at all. I was so confused. I mean, not did it land. I just didn't. <laughs> i was just confused but i remember that i remember reading it and thinking all right i need more time to discuss this or I have to email dave or something and it was a one of those work days to get away from you and i never ever did go back to it i remember that because i was thinking what the fuck's he talking about wait a minute what's and i and i like see sometimes i like that to be like completely confused
1: well yeah i mean uh i don't think anyone caught on to the book review either i think they were confused mostly because it was so cut and dry. I mean, I think if you read it, you would have no idea that it was a book that didn't exist. Um, huh. But uh, I, I like to do that and you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I have a few other fake uh, article styles that I would like to do. I really have fun writing that because it, 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 it kind of loops back around to creative constraints. It's how, how can I tell a story that is about something in a format that is not designed for fiction.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that way of looking at it.
1: Cause you know, you don't you don't think of you don't, you don't open up the New York Times and expect to read fiction, you know, but no. every article in there is, is written in that style. so mm. I, I think long term, I'd love to compile a book with a ton of those styles. Uh, but I don't know if that would get old if that would wear on you or the novelty would wear off after like the fifth the fifth story, you just yeah, it's fake. I think if I could tie a narrative string across all of those, that might be something fun to do, but uh, that's I might be just overly ambitious at this point.
0: I don't think there's any such thing when it comes to writing. Um, my blogging mentor, well, he didn't really know he was my mentor. He's guess my inspiration. He was like the godfather father of blogging. He's the guy who um, made maybe like get off live journal and like actually start writing my own shit and like, you know, like a big boy. Um, uh, Tony Pierce, he writes the bus blog. Busblog.com, I think is the domain name. And he's been writing since I don't even know, but his disclaimer, and I don't know if it's still on the blog, but it was all along was, um, nothing in here is true. It's a good disclaimer, but it, you know, but he'd be, you know, he, one day he'd be just writing about like, he started, he was the bus blog. He was riding the bus to work and he started a blog. Um, so, you know, that's pretty, you know, makes sense. Um, but some of it would be obviously real, but then he'd, you know, write, a post where he and Anna Kornikova were like <laughs> dating and then sometimes he'd write about how he was a, a secret agent in the past and it's just it's so you know uh, I can't even explain it but it just like showed me that so much more could be done with blogging than just hey I got drunk last night yay woo um you know what oh, I mean yeah, just journaling yeah. the journaling bullshit do, um,
1: do you um if I could derail us here for a second you uh, know I love derailings we talk <laughs> We talk a lot about writing, um, but I think it's important to talk about what you're reading. And I think I think what you're mentioning uh, about doing something different. Uh, I keep thinking of David Sedaris. I don't know if you've read anything he's done. But
0: I he's been at the top of my list of. Hey, I got to get some David Sedaris stuff because like about four different people have told me I'd enjoy it. And oh yeah, uh, I know he's obviously like very well known, but for some reason it just keeps not happening. He Wouldn't he writes.
1: It? Yeah, uh, you should because like I think I think. Any one of his books could have been just like you know a blog from you know a period of time. They're all like not not everything is nonfiction, but not everything is fiction either. So he, he writes a lot of interesting personal essays. Some of them are in character. Some of them are you know just talking him talking about himself. But uh, if I could think about a modern blog that would really you know talk to people, it would it would have David Sedaris' voice on it. That's for sure. Check check it out. I recommend what's on my shelf here. I have barrel uh, no, sorry, barrel fever. Um Jotting it down. That's definitely definitely something to grab. I am... Um,
0: and you should check out Tony's blog too. Everybody Yeah, that's uh
1: what's what's his name? Or like full name? Uh
0: his, name? his name's Tony Pierce, but I think the domain name is Busblog. B U S blog dot I believe. Um, and it, like, I loved like when I first started reading it, it was just white, it was just like no, not the topics, the actual <laughs> blog itself was just white with writing, it wasn't, he didn't like, he He was one of the first people I saw who really filled something with photos, but the, the blog design, design itself was very minimal he did uh, a post, oh god, I don't even know when, a million years ago about how to blog like telling people how to blog and uh, he was like one of the first people I ever heard of who turned blog posts into a book. He called it a book, I think.
1: <laughs> That's, yeah, there you
0: um, go. He's, he's just like, he was way ahead of his time. He's like, honest to God, he's like the godfather of blogging. Like anyone who wants to see how it should have been done from the beginning, he's, he's the fella. And I had him on as a guest like about, I don't know, probably a year ago or something. It was, I was, I was like talking to my idol. It was really cool. And he was the sweetest guy ever. Really, really nice guy. Just a, a stand-up dude. You know, he's one of those guys who wants your friend. He's just a good guy, you know.
1: That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, that's That's got to be a good... Uh...
0: And he's he's done some big stuff, too, right? He was, like, the guy in charge of all the blogs for the LA Times at one point. Like he's, oh, wow. he He went legit. Bl- blogger in chief? He, yeah, he went legit legit for a while there. I don't know. I think he works for... Um, the dude to do the Oscars, the Academy of Performing, whatever, dealies. I think he's, uh, you know, when they thank the Academy, I think he works for the Academy.
1: <laughs> That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you should check everyone should check out his blog. He's, he's, he's cool bananas. Um, yeah, I lost track.
1: Oh, I, I, I think primarily what, what, what are you reading? What's the last book you read?
0: I am currently reading uh my friend Amanda, friend Amanda uh, Osborne who breakthesky.net, I think is her blog. She's wrote um this is her second book, it's an ebook, about uh, her travels in Asia. I think I think mostly China. Um so that's what I'm reading right now, because I think all us bloggers have to like look after each other. Uh other than what was what did I read before that? Uh, the other one comes to mind is Almy's uh, book. I've been reading a lot of blogger books lately, it appears. Uh, what else is on my Kindle?
1: Knee deep in the blog.
0: Yeah. Oh, Christ. I can't remember. I can't even think right now what I have. I have about, uh, I'd say, 10 to 15 books Like where I'm like... 20% into them. So it's just whatever mood I'm in that day. I just kind of go through a little carousel thing, spinny, 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 and then find Lately really, I've had an urge to read, um, the classics, like go back and, and read, uh, Hemingway, go back and read some Dickens, go back and read, you know, Melville, just whatever, you know, like maybe find like a list of the hundred greatest books of all time and like work my way through them. Just cause I feel like, I've been binge watching TV. I feel like I've been reading blogs that you know aren't like broadening my mind at all. So I kind of want to go back to the go back to the classics and and cleanse my palate, refine my palate too. I
1: suppose. I like that. That's uh, that's a great idea. I I, I kind of uh, I definitely dig that. Uh, the last book I read was uh, not not it's not a classic in the traditional type, but. Um, it's called A Voyage to Arcturus and it was written in 1920 and it was the inspiration for both C.S. Lewis and Tolkien for a lot of uh, their work that came wow. after it um, it is dry as a bone it, <laughs> and it is long and long it, took, it, it really is, it took me a long time to finish and it does not have an ending that makes much sense um, outside of some serious deconstruction but um, you're not doing a very good job marketing this book. I
0: must. I say. know. It's,
1: don't <laughs> bother. No, don't you should. You should it. definitely read it if you have the time and you know you're a masochist and you <laughs> like long things. It's it's uh it's interesting because it it uh, it's it takes a lot of philosophical precepts that were floating around at the time and and it tries to. Kind of pigeonhole them into these little narrative arcs uh, about this one big journey that this man goes on. Um, so it provides it provides an easy way to think about things that people were thinking about back then, and it also kind of provides a history for. Uh, this is very academic. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. You know, if you're bored, you should just pick it up. <laughs> It's it was it was an academic exercise, I guess. I'm being honest with myself. I, I kind of forced myself to read it, but uh, I'm glad I did because it it kind of provided an appreciation for storytelling that is sort of non-traditional
0: And I think that's important.
1: Yeah, in um, general. Now on the on the other spectrum of things, the other the other book I f- finished recently was um, A Scanner Darkly by Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you read anything by him?
0: Uh, yeah, I read the one that Blade Runner was based on. Is that the, oh,
1: okay? Do androids dream of Electric that's Sheep. That's the one. The yeah, sheep. the sheep. I'm, <laughs> I'm halfway through that. I haven't, I haven't finished it. That's one of my twenty percent books. Uh,
0: uh, I read that. Oh my god! I don't know how long ago, a million years ago. Well, after um my fourth or fifth or sixth watching of Blade Runner, I was like, all right, I'm gonna find out where this comes from.
1: And, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even finish it yet, but I think the book's better. Uh, I just do yeah i was, I think that's often the case yeah um i i think i think uh in the, in the case of scanner darkly uh the cool part about that book is that um for all intents and purposes, you have a trustworthy narrator um and you basically blindly believe him, but uh the more you read, the more you learn he he is not trustworthy and then you learn why he isn't trustworthy and it's not the reason you thought the whole time which which is which is really great you you don't see people write things like this very often or maybe they do and i'm just not exposed to it but um i think writing uh reading is stuff like that not just you know sci-fi or 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 older writing it's important because it inspires you to think about new ways of writing and maybe maybe you don't have to emulate them but but you can, you can certainly take their storytelling technique and make it your own.
0: Sure. I think one, one, like when I first started blogging and I don't know if I thought of it right away or if it just dawned on me as I went along, I felt like an important thing for me, especially when blogging like really took off like in 2007, whatever it was where everybody everywhere had a blog. Um, an important thing for me was I wanted and this gonna sound bad, but I wanted like to write stuff that people would read and know it was mine. Like I didn't want anything I wrote to be confused. Like I didn't want you to think, Oh, I could read that exact same thing on like five other blogs. So it was like really important to me to sound like me and to sound different than everybody else.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I can't say I've ever felt the way. I always i always felt like whatever i have to say is definitely me but getting it out there is the bigger problem than making sure people don't think it's just any old other thing that's yeah. interesting that's really interesting I, i've never considered that
0: i may have a raging ego i think we have to consider that as a positive <laughs> and a slight obsession with women yeah
1: i think i think actually you have an obsession with blogging
0: <laughs> i do i really do i've been like just so upset that blogging changed like I'm over it now but for like if you listen to the first 10 Pete casts and everybody should um at least once each podcast I'd like get on like my rant about like you know blogging used to be awesome you kids get off my lawn you know I mean I just I I loved it when it was at its best I loved it when it was just people telling their story and 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 trying to do weird stuff and when and you know when Tony Pierce was there he's still there but you know, when I first discovered him, that feeling of, you know, there's different ways we can do this. It felt so new, it felt fresh. And now it's been like co opted by businesses. And
1: well, I think, I think what, what you, was, you know? I think what you're driving at is like a, a, a deeper point about maybe what blogging is now and what blogging was. And maybe the word blog. Kind of sounds it sounds it almost has a negative connotation to it now, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean I think it was like it was never taken seriously at first and then when businesses started taking it seriously it kind of ruined it.
1: Like if you say blog to the average person, I think they would think something like huffington post buzzfeed uh, something like that you know
0: and if you say personal blog they'll think you're talking about you know you're talking about your cat all the time or something
1: yeah or 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 a uh maybe a very abused facebook profile that (laughs) is someone's personal blog (laughs) something like that um
0: i actually uh i met up well i wrote the post today about hanging out with my buddies the other day and i talked about like none of them blog um and i talked about blogging like i would to other bloggers and i heard myself saying it out loud i don't remember exactly what it was but it was like you know we should blog about blah 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 and i was like wow that sounds really weird to say it to outsiders like even this long after you know blogs went mainstream it just felt really weird to be in a room with without any bloggers talking about blogging i don't know if i felt like they would judge it or i just kind of felt like they probably just wouldn't get it
1: you know it's funny i i think i think maybe that's a little bit of like you People still don't get it, even if they have an idea of what they think it is, because yeah. um, I I, I used to go around telling people, you know, oh yeah, I blog, I blog for a living, and I'd sort of get this like blank stare, <laughs> and then I'd I'd be like, I- I'm a journalist, and they'd be like, oh okay, <laughs> <And> like that, <laughs> that.
0: That makes that, sense.
1: Yeah, that made more sense to people than I, you know, I get paid to to write about um, you know technology, which I guess is not that. Unusual, But I I guess I I presumed the word blog had um, a meaning that I had ascribed to it, and yet for most people it does not have a meaning. I I think
0: sometimes it surprised me that, I mean, it was so widespread back in the day, like, again, everybody had one, um, that there are still people who, you know, didn't take part in that whole party.
1: But I think I think maybe you're coming from an angle where you felt like everybody knew what it was. But I think yeah. in reality you, you were probably a part of a really super special club, you know.
0: It felt like you know, it did feel and I think that's the part I missed the most was the community more so than even just the writing. You know, you'd write a post and you get thirty, forty comments and it'd be you know, the exchange with the people and, and, and like then you'd find new read new writers to, to go read and you know, it was just—it was like a utopia of ideas and very hippie-ish, and you know, and for me, it was like the possibilities of what blogging could be, like it could just grow and everyone could express themselves on it, and then it went to poop. So, what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> I think I think it's a sign of the times, too. I think, like, you know, um everyone wants to know what it is right away. I think no one wants to take the time to read anymore. And I think if you built a community of people who like to read and write, that's really wonderful. But I think to have mass appeal, you need to just be able to fart out something that is, uh, in the English language and is no less than 300 words. And then what you need to do is turn on the comments and just let people, you know, fight each other there. I think that's, (laughs) that's, that's what we've, we've really, that's what blogging has become now is can we say something controversial and can we get clicks and can we get traffic? um, yeah, and I think, I think I definitely understand your frustration where, where, where it felt like something, you know, warm, fuzzy, and special. And now it feels like something commercial cold and, and boring. And yeah, I think that's exactly it. I, I share that frustration, um, a little bit with Twitter because I feel like, you know, I was there when Twitter was fairly new. I think I signed up in early 2008 Yeah, and, me too. Uh, it was great. It was really cool. And and people still didn't know what they were doing with it. And, and you were kind of seeing how people used it and, and learning and still tweeting that you were making a sandwich, even though that's like the, the least helpful thing you could tweet about. And, and it that seemed was novel at the time, though. Yeah, it did though, right? Yeah. It's
0: like, like, Hey, someone in Japan's making a sandwich. I wonder what they're having. You know, it just, it seemed interesting, but
1: it's like texting the world. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I think it became like uh, a soapbox for everyone to jump on and just yell at the internet. And yeah. I, I see that a lot now. Um, and you know, hashtags and now uh, they have stock tags and you know, so on and so forth. Uh, I think I think it's still a good platform. Certainly better than what Facebook has become over over time. But mm-hmm. uh, I, sh- I share that sentiment where you feel like you had something special and it's it's not yours anymore and. You know, they took it away from us. Maybe. Yeah, they, they took it away. Twitter doesn't mean what it used to mean. Um, when I, I, I wrote a column for uh, a tech column for my, my, my college newspaper every week or so. And uh, I wrote about Twitter and like everyone was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. What's what's the point? I don't get it. Like, just go on Facebook and write what it is you want to say. And uh, I had a hard time explaining to people why it was so special to me. And I was like, oh, let's just get on and check it out and, and see what it is. You know, brevity is the soul of wit. Do it, do it, do it. Um, <laughs> I felt
0: it was a little bit, for me, it was a bit, a little bit like uh, the medium is the message was kind of the vibe yeah, I got from Twitter absolutely. early on. You know? Yeah.
1: I, I like that. And, you know, let's loop it all the way around to creative constraints here. Here we yeah. go. 140 characters. Um, oh,
0: that what pisses me off. I think the most about Twitter. Well, is you know, the huge amount of idiots, but also that, every like my best attempts at tweets were always like 154 characters or something or, or 162 <laughs> like they're just i just needed a little bit more if they could raise it to like 180 characters i'd be like famous and rich or something now i swear so many times and then i get frustrated like trying to shorten it i'd be like uh, contractions and put n instead of and was like no i can't do that i can't do like twitter uh, like Text speak and put out in the world. They can't. So I delete my my brilliant, hilarious, insightful tweet and like curse, shake my fists at the air and stuff. Oh,
1: that, that is like a lost opportunity to figure out how to say what you want to say better. I think some jokes need
0: certain words though. I think you need when you when you shorten it too much. I think it kind of it, it dulls the edges. It feels too short i think sometimes you actually need a little bit and and i don't want a lot more like i wouldn't need 280 characters i just need like about 180 175 so make all difference in the world
1: there's this thing called app.net and it's like 240 characters instead of 140 and it's basically exactly like twitter except uh it's it's i'd be a god there well that's the sad part <laughs> there's really no there's no traction there because it's it's uh, owned by the users, like the users subscribe to the service, and then developers are supposed to code things into the service that the users want. It is sort of this ebb and flow. And basically, a couple months ago, they said, well, we don't have enough money to do anything new, but we're not going to turn the lights off. <laughs> so it's sort of like uh, in limbo right now. But it didn't really catch on. And I wonder if part of that you know, comes back to... Um, can't you just tell me what it is in as short a time as possible? <laughs> um, which I think is what t- Twitter has kind of become. And instead of it being a creative constraint, it's become like, a like I see people do this all the time where they like end their tweet with like a one of two. And I, I want to avoid that at all costs. Now I'm not against the follow up tweet. Like if you have a joke and a punchline yeah. and you can appropriately play them, that's wonderful. Cause that, again, the medium is the message. Like, yeah. um, but when I see people like like tr- try and tell a story on Twitter, I was like, "This is not the place for that."
0: Yeah, it re- and, and I think it just does seem out of place. It seems like you don't understand what you're using. You don't understand the tool or the the whole vibe. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the vibe most of the time, but at least you know, <laughs> respect the vibe.
1: <laughs> what, what do you when, what when do you... in Rome? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: I I. You know, I've gone through phases where I've tweeted a decent amount, but it's very infrequent. Like, I'll I've had nights where I just get bored and just tweet randomness for like a couple hours and then go to bed. But it's happening less and less just because there's just so much noise there that you know, then you just feel like you're yelling in a crowded room.
1: I I totally understand that feeling, but sometimes. kind of I, I like to do it, like a, a late night barrage of tweets it's, i i try to make it entertaining even what if no is it about
0: late night man what, what is it I, I i get it completely but for some reason it was the same thing with me like i just
1: the filter the, turns off you know you're, you're tired <laughs> you stop self-editing and you yeah. think you're wonderful and then all of a sudden you're 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 on twitter talking to, about it
0: i mean to to be fair i think i'm wonderful all day long but no yeah the filter once the filter goes off who the hell knows i'm gonna say that <laughs>
1: It's it's helpful sometimes to do that. I mean, I think that's why a lot of ideas come late at night because you're not hating yourself for thinking of terrible ideas. You're just letting them happen.
0: Yeah, for me, it's early in the morning as my as my my magic hour. Like I can, you know, I, I'm not awake enough to think any of my my writing ideas are bad ideas. Like they all seem like gold. So then, you know, you're free to explore them and play with them. And that's when some of that really cool stuff comes out for me, I find.
1: Oh, that's nice. Because yeah. in the morning, usually I'm just angry that I'm awake. And usually... I am that's... the
0: most pleasant, like, person waking up in the world. And i have like... You know, it's really annoying to, like, girlfriends who are cranky in the morning. They just don't <laughs> Like, my last girlfriend's like, I, I don't know what to do with you. You're, like, talking way too much for the morning. I don't... I can't handle this right now. <laughs> that was, like, pretty much daily. Um... Yeah, I, I just wake up in a good mood. Like by that's, lunch, by lunchtime, I hate the world and want to punch everybody. But but in the morning, I'm just you know, golden.
1: That's yeah, great. Yeah,
0: I don't really want to punch people.
1: I kind of envy that ability. I mean, yeah. uh, for me, for me, it's uh, it's the twilight hour that that special things happen. It's that 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 bridge between. Um, passed out and still still, still functioning. Still something going on in there, some neurons firing off. I um, think capturing that twilight is, is definitely something that I wish I could do more. Uh, but I think I would... I think the rest of my day would suffer as a result of it. Uh, you know, I read something pretty interesting uh, that people back in the day, I'm talking, I guess, like, two, three, four hundred years ago used to do like a, it's called polyphasic sleep and they would go to sleep at like early like seven thirty-eight, right because the sun was down and then they wake up like in the middle of the night and apparently a lot of people used to either like read have sex or or write and it would just be like a couple hours like from like uh i don't know like one in the morning to like three in the morning where you would just sort of you know get up hang out do whatever and then go back to sleep for another like four or five hours sounds and genius yeah, I know, right? And you know, if you read about a lot of geniuses, a lot of them developed non-traditional sleeping styles. There was
0: uh, a um, infographic on on Facebook that I uh, shared one of the few things I've shared um, about that. They had them all kind of lined up, comparing them. Uh, you know, writers and, and thinkers and scientists and stuff about all their weird their weird schedules. It was pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely, definitely, schedule has a lot to do with with what it is. Yeah, it's something something I miss from my blogging days. Is that um, as much as I had a deadline, I still kind of had my own schedule, and that, that left me a lot of free time to sort of uh, dick around, for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, I used to tweet a lot more, and now I've, I've found you know I got a nine to five, which is great. Um, I, I don't uh, I just don't tweet. The same quality or quantity of tweets that i used to and i only find that like sort of uh you know rhythm or, or enjoyment of it much later in the day and at that point i'm just like oh, i'm gonna watch something on youtube and go to sleep <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's usually that's I usually just, where uh, my day ends with yeah. my ipad in my bed and uh, i hear you that's life, man.
0: That is life. I'm still like, you know, from our chat now, I'm inspired to do some writing, which I like. I like Absolutely. that. Talking about writing makes me want to write, so that's cool.
1: It should. I mean, I think that should be the point of at least this podcast. I can't yeah. speak on behalf of the other ones.
0: Yeah. They each have their own personality. What are you going to do?
1: That's definitely true. Um. So, yeah,
0: we've been chatting for Let's check. Let's check where we are. Oh, that's yeah. So we're, we're over an hour and a half. <laughs> um yeah so uh basically our point is people should write more people should blog more people should get up in the middle of the night and sleep and um uh, you know write and have sex and stuff What were other points
1: talk to siri
0: talk to siri like you know don't waste good writing ideas like get them jotted down somehow definitely and you know Any you, way you can follow dave on twitter i'll uh, i'll link to him in the blog post
1: that'd be uh, great because uh, You know, I don't use hashtags and I don't get a lot of followers because of that. And I feel like I should have at least like twice as many followers, maybe. Kind of. I just hit 10,000 tweets. Come on, guys. Follow me.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think we should double. We should double this thing. (laughs) I I feel strongly about that. So thanks to Dave for coming by, hanging out. Thanks, thanks. Thanks to Pete. Thanks to Nico for bailing us out and you know making it sound like this was very much smoother than what it probably was with the technological snafus and whatnot. And thanks to you people for listening. And we'll talk to you again, and Dave will be back sometime, and we'll uh, you know regale you with more tales of writing. And we'll all learn yes. together and love together. And not ever oh, yeah. eat fucking lettuce together.
1: Never. No lettuce.
0: All right, that's it. Let's say bye to the people. Bye, people.
1: Bye, people. <laughs> writing lettuce that's, that's I'm imagining right. a fountain pen getting you know just with a nib of lettuce popping <laughs> around on a piece of paper